Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for March the 1st in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by our founding fathers. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. Hey, a quick recap of yesterday's show starts now. We talked to Lowell Nelson at CampaignForLiberty.org, RonPaulInstitute.org, doing a phenomenal job as always. We talked about the Utah legislature. They're still in the reign of terror, as you know. 45 days of abuse. Woo-hoo. Uh, close to 700 to 1,000 bills hit the hopper. 400-plus usually pass every year. Nine-tenths of them, in my opinion, horrible bills. Laws after laws after laws after laws every single year. That's why I call it the reign of terror. Anyway, HB 11 got approved by Senate committee. And that's where they want, you know, men to just roll into women's bathrooms and dressing rooms and sporting events and everything else. Just out of control, psychotic. Uh, on one hand, Joe Biden says he follows the science. On the other hand, when you say that men can just become women and such, you've lost your scientific marbles for sure. Wow, we talked about the Utah legislature. HB 371. Failed in the House Committee. What a sad tale to tell. That's vote transparency reality. Let's have paper ballots. Let's have accountability on the votes. That failed. Utah filing window is open. Run for office now and challenge these buffoons that have destroyed our liberties and that continue to do so blissfully, ignorantly, blissfully because we the people do nothing. One of the checks and balances in America is broken because the people are so coddled with entertainment and bread and circus that they can't focus on saying, hey, we got to get these goons and buffoons out of office. The filing window is open. Run for office today, please, my fellow Americans. Utah precinct caucuses are on March 8th. The precincts and the caucuses are about destroyed in the state of Utah and around the country. But we've got to fight back. We've got to get involved. We've got to bring that all back. That's the most local division, jurisdiction of government there is. It's called the precinct, ladies and gentlemen. There you have it. They didn't hear what we told them. They had better hear this time. That's what Vladimir Putin uh, says. Paul Craig Roberts with the article, not praising Vladimir. The guy's a nutcase, but he's an evil genius. Doctor, uh, I'm sorry, Ron. Wow, Donald Trump called him a, a, a genius, but he's an evil genius. But nevertheless, he's a communist, right? He comes straight out of the KGB for crying out loud. What do you expect? Anyway, we've got to keep the U.S. out of the war. LewRockwell.com with a great column. We need to understand the background of the crisis. We also need to remember the basic principles that should guide American policy. George Washington, for example, in his farewell address, warned us to stay out of European conflicts. 
He says Europe has a set of primary interests, which to us have none or a very remote relation. Hence, she must be engaged in frequent controversy, the causes of which are essentially foreign to our concerns. Hence, therefore, it must be unwise in us to implicate ourselves by artificial ties in the ordinary vicissitudes of her politics or the ordinary combinations and collisions of her friendships or enemies. It's a long statement from George Washington, but it's full of power words, isn't it? Bottom line, here's what he said. Stay the heck out of all those wars, folks. They don't relate to us. We don't need to be involved. It doesn't do any good for us to get involved. To do so is a dereliction of duty and warmongering, and it's unjust and ungodly. We also talked about Jason Stapleton bringing up a wise comment. Where goods cross borders, armies do not far better. And wiser is the old, classic, liberal foreign policy of neutrality and non-interventionism. That was our one of Liberty Roundtable Live. Now remember, he says, the old classical liberal. I don't know if you know this, but in the founding era, our founding fathers were concerned liberals. Did you know that? The words manipulate have different meanings as time goes on. That's, that's the truth of the matter, isn't it? Therefore, we need to be very careful. But I'm telling you, the whole point of the first hour was avoid war like the plague. Your legislatures are running amok. Whenever it's election time, get involved, get elected. Let's use our greater numbers to peacefully change the game, shall we? Hour two was equally incredible. Dr. Scott Bradley on your radio, his lifelong goal and collegiate series to match to preserve the nation. His website, freedomsrisingsun.com. Not only is the incredible uh, homeschooling curriculum available there, but there's videos. There are webinars that Dr. Bradley does every week there. Just incredible Q&A on the Constitution from Dr. Scott Bradley and more. We talked about what is a smart health card. The smart, smart health card is a digital or printed QR code that provides proof of vaccinations and or test results. Many U.S. states have outlawed the vaccine passports, but they've allowed this, quote, smart card pass, not port, pass card to flourish in their states. Red states are going along big time. The only information they claim displayed on the card is the holder's name and date of birth as well as clinical information relating to the vaccine and test. You know, you got the date, the manufacturer, uh, the time of the test, who did the test, all that in positive or negative, uh, and or the vaccine. You know, what, what vaccine did you use, all that kind of stuff. Well, this card, believe it or not, you would think, oh, it's just getting started since I'm just hearing about it. No. We've got most of the big pharmacy chains, all of the key health systems, and many states already have agreed to adopt this particular standard. It's almost a de facto right now. Yeah, they're used as verification by not only all these health-minded entities, but bars, restaurants, sporting events, and countless universities and colleges that are also aboard. Whether they realize it or not, over 200 million people in the United States already have access to this COVID-19 digital vaccine card. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. What a tragedy that really is, right? 
Yeah, I kid you not. It is disaster, right? It is absolutely disaster because this card is so far along. Before we even know about it, I don't know that we can stop it, right? Wow. Oh, boy. All right. Medication-induced abortions accounted for 54% of all abortions in the U.S. in 2020. That's according to the Guttmacher Institute, ladies and gentlemen. Abortion pills have grown in popularity since they were introduced in 2000. I'm telling you, it is disaster, folks. Disaster. And for us pro-life folks, we need to stand against this big time. We also talked about whacked out Senator Ben Sass, Republican. He stated of the Ukraine that the U.S. should be arming them to the teeth and that the U.S. should provide tactical, actionable intelligence so they can kill Russian invaders. He said that on the whacked out morning Joe show. Shame on you, Ben Sass. We need to stop being these warmongers. Why it is our foreign affair in the first place, folks? Where do we get authority to breach the sovereignty of Russia and or the Ukraine? Where do we get authority to just ramp up war threats, sanctions, acts of war and beyond? Why are we doing this? We're adding insult to injury, ladies and gentlemen. Half the reason that Russia attacked the Ukraine in the first place is the possibility that Ukraine is going to become involved in NATO and all these other possible global agreements that manipulate and create winners and losers and absolutely anger sovereign nations blowback is incredible we have got to jettison this narrative ladies and gentlemen and then we act like it's everybody else i'm not saying putin doesn't have responsibility here but let's not pretend he's the only one let's not lie to ourselves about the realities of war and the provocateur nation called the united states the hegemonist belligerence uh, of a country such as the united states that's been on the global stage for decades wreaking havoc let's not pretend that reality doesn't exist please Stop it already. Anyway, Joe Biden to nominate Kentanji Brown-Jackson to the Supreme Court. I don't know if she'll get uh, confirmed by the Senate or not, but I'm telling you right now, my advice, speaking of the Senate's advice and consent, I don't think they ought to give consent. She's a nutcase. But that's what we've got going on, ladies and gentlemen, in America today. Will she be on the decision-making team to decide whether we're going to murder more babies or defend pro-life? Heaven help us if she is. I'll tell you that right now. Final topic of the recap. According to a study from WalletHub, Nevada is the most sinful state in America. That's Nevada. Followed up by California, Texas, Florida, and Louisiana. Rounded out the top five, ladies and gentlemen. The most sinful states in America. Let me give them to you again. Uh, let's see. Nevada, California, Texas, Florida, and Louisiana. Rounded out the top five. The study was based on anger and hatred, jealousy, excesses, and vices, and greed. Wow, do we have too much of that in America today? I'll promise you that. Wow. we got to turn towards God Almighty and repent, don't we, folks? Hang tight. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live, nationally syndicated, hard-hitting talk show. Regrets? Oh, we're all going to have them. Doesn't matter who you are or what you do. At some point, you're going to wish you'd done something differently. You know, the woulda, coulda, shouldas. 
But let me tell you a couple of things you'll never regret. You'll never regret spending extra time talking to your teenager. Trust me. You'll never regret answering your three-year-old's question about where the water in the bathtub comes from. And I've never seen anyone wish they hadn't sat in the kitchen laughing with their children and telling them goofy stories about when they were kids. Yeah, sure, we're all going to have regrets, but talking too much with our kids won't be one of them. No matter what you talk about, love is what they'll hear. A thought from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Visit us at mormon.org. Can a nation conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator. As a physician, I have looked into the eyes of one-pound babies. I have cradled their small bodies in the palm of one hand. I defy those who are careless, who would disregard life and look at these tiny little miracles and say, we're not gonna protect that. But I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman breaking it down like nobody's business. There's so many articles. There is so many stories. It's unbelievable. I'm telling you, it is just wow. I don't even know how to react to so much news or lack thereof. (laughs) Lack of real news. Well, check this out, ladies and gentlemen. Headline says, quote, TikTok users are feeding data to the communist Chinese, yeah, to the Chinese Communist Party, cyber experts are now warning, ladies and gentlemen. This is serious news. This came out a little bit ago, but I didn't have time to get to it. We've had so much news, right? But I'm telling you, this is serious indeed. If you use TikTok, you may be feeding information to the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP. That's a warning from cybersecurity expert. Let's see who this guy's name is. Casey Fleming. He's CEO of what's called strategic advisory firm, Black Ops Partners, if you will. In a recent interview with Epic's TV's wide-angle program, Fleming explained the dangers posed by foreign control Cell phone applications like TikTok. Well, that's not very good, right? Uh, um, They say which is owned by Beijing Internet Giant. Um, I think it's called ByteDance. We must assume, he said, that every, did you hear me? That every one of these applications coming from China, Russia, and other, quote, declared adversaries, of the United States 
We have to assume that these applications are weaponized against us. TikTok, the hugely popular short format video app that allows users to create, share, and view short videos, often featuring singing, dancing, etc. Well, it's got over 100 million Chinese users. Let's see, it was launched in what, September 2016? That's right. The app was relaunched as TikTok internationally in September 2017 for the rest of us, attracting dozens of celebrity users and partnership with the NBA, the NFL, the uh, Comedy Central. TikTok became one of the most popular apps in the world, folks. Okay. But by 2020, TikTok reported nearly 1 billion active users worldwide. Less than four years after its launch, it went viral like nobody's business. But TikTok, ladies and gentlemen, they say may have a dark side. TikTok is a Chinese company. And all the private information the app is collecting may be fed directly to the communist Chinese regime the experts now warn. Citing a range of Chinese laws, um, I guess compelling companies to comply with Chinese law, right, requires that data is sent to the communist Chinese leadership. All of your data on that phone, said Fleming, everything that you do and everything that you have stored on your phone is being sent out of the country, possibly to be used against you. Think about that. The Communist Party of China is collecting massive amounts of data, said Fleming. It may not be used against you today, but make no mistake, over time it will be used against you, your company or your country in the future. People walk past the headquarters of ByteDance the parent company of video sharing app TikTok in Beijing. They got this video of this, right? Awareness of this threat, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, isn't new. We've reported on it before. In August 2020, for example, President Trump signed an executive order to ban all TikTok activity in the United States for 45 days. Okay. Since then, Trump's orders, of course, have been stalled by several lawsuits and court orders. And in June 2021, the Biden administration canceled the orders. Instead, just said, hey, we've got to evaluate to see if it poses a security risk. Never mind all the experts are there. The government's got to have the wheels of justice grind oh so slow you'll be betrayed before they ever get to the bottom of it, right? Now the U.S. government appears to be taking new steps to address the security risk posed by TikTok and other foreign apps, including a new rule change that's proposing oversight of foreign-controlled apps. The Commerce Secretary would be able to restrict access to apps considered to be a threat by the United States. But it may be too little too late, according to some experts. Uh, There's a guy 
Mark Gregkowski, I think is his name. Uh, he's an associate professor specializing in cyber law at Adelphi University. He's also the author of the book. It's newly published, I guess. Cyber Law and Ethics is the name of that book. So that's concerning, right? It is stunning that it's taken so long for the Biden administration to conclude TikTok is a national security threat, says the Epic Times. President Trump tried to address the problem, but they didn't care. Everybody hated Trump, and everybody wanted to attack Trump. Never mind he was right on this one, as he is many things. They attacked him and reversed it because it was the Donald. TikTok and other Chinese-controlled apps present an immediate danger to national security. I agree with that, but I also agree some American apps do too, like the tracing apps that government's putting together. They say TikTok will go down as the most successful data harvesting of Americans ever done by a foreign adversary. Wow. Think about that. That's kind of scary, isn't it? Think about that. TikTok is, quote, Chinese government malware masquerading as a social media app. Anyway, there you have that. What do you think of all this, folks? You know, people don't care. They just think they know, and it's no big deal, right? Mounting concern. Several American politicians have voiced the same concern. TikTok is owned and operated by a Chinese company and controlled by the Communist government, said Rick Scott. Senator of Florida said, America shouldn't use products or services controlled by Communist China. Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri also chimed in and was even more blunt. TikTok is a surveillance apparatus for Beijing. He told The Atlantic back in 2020. The danger comes from the enormous amount of personal data that TikTok is gathering from each user. It can access your camera, your microphone, saved photos and videos, your contacts, GPS location, and probably also your web browsing history, he said. The app collects way more data than it needs to. For example, GPS information is gathered. Why? This data isn't just collected on your phone. It's passed on to TikTok owners in China. All the data on the app is encrypted in such a way that where you can't exactly tell what's going back to the Communist Party. The Wall Street Journal even reported in August 2020 that TikTok tracked Android users' data in violation of policies. But, of course, they keep expanding their, quote, EULA, Right? It's privacy policy to get you to share everything. Voice prints, Facebook, oh, face prints and voice prints, and more. We know that TikTok's Chinese parent company has access to every American's user's data. TikTok has said repeatedly that it does not share American user data with the communist regime, but they say that its data 
is held in U.S. servers backed up with ser- servers in Singapore. This data can and will be shared with the Communist Chinese Party. Don't fool yourself. If the Chinese government tells a Chinese company to hand over his data, they're going to do it. It'll happen in a flash. Wow. Why would the CCP want American cell phone data? It's all about control, ladies and gentlemen. China is the totalitarian state, completely controlled by the Chinese Communist Party, ladies and gentlemen. Hang tight. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Vladimir Putin and Russian soldiers continue to bomb indiscriminately, killing everything in its path on day six of the invasion in Ukraine. More than 70 Ukrainian servicemen were killed by a Russian rocket attack, and dozens of civilians have died in the shelling in the past 24 hours. This as a massive Russian military convoy approached the capital, Kiev. Ukrainian authorities at the United Nations describe a text message between a mother and her dead Russian soldier son. Mama, yeah, no. Mama, I'm in Ukraine. There is a real war raging here. I'm afraid. We are bombing all of the cities together, even targeting civilians. We were told they would welcome us, and they are falling under our armored vehicles, throwing themselves under the wheels and not allowing us to pass. They call us fascists. Mama, this is so hard. The fencing around the U.S. Capitol is back up for the President's State of the Union address at 9 p.m. Eastern tonight. USA Radio News. Have you or someone you know used heartburn medications Zantac or Renitidine and been diagnosed with cancer? Zantac and ranitidine have been positively linked to cancer. According to the FDA, Zantac and ranitidine contain NDMA, a known cancer-causing agent. NDMA has been positively linked to cancers of the bladder, pancreas, esophagus, liver, and stomach. Even in single doses and in smaller doses over time, NDMA is one of the strongest proven cancer-causing agents. Call 888-960-1233 or go to ZantacMoney.com. You may be entitled to substantial compensation without going to court if you or a loved one have taken these products in the past 10 years and been diagnosed with cancer. Call now to see if you qualify for free. Call 888-960-1233 or visit ZantacMoney.com to get what may be owed to you. You may be entitled to a cash reward. Find out now at ZantacMoney.com or call 888-960-1233 to see if you qualify for free. Gain-of-function research and COVID-19 has Moderna's interest. After people like Dr. Rand Paul, the senator of Kentucky, has spent the last two years talking about the possibilities of virus enhancement or gain-of-function research, in an interview with Fox News, Moderna CEO Stefan Bonsell said that that is a possibility. My scientists are looking into those data to see how accurate they are or not. As I've said before, the hypothesis of an escape from a lab by an accident is possible. You know, human makes mistakes. So uh, is it possible that the Wuhan lab in China was working on uh, viruses uh, enhancement or gene modification? And then there was an accident where somebody was infected in the lab and then infected their families and friends. It is possible. Two new studies that came out at the same time, one from the Chinese Center for Disease Control and Prevention and the other from the University of Arizona, both back up this information. That's John Hunt reporting in Washington. We are USA Radio News.
back with your live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. Our guest, Mr. Patrick Simmons, National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation. Find out if you live in a right-to-work state, ladies and gentlemen. Righttowork.org. Welcome back, Patrick. How are you, my friend? Doing well, Sam. Great to talk with you again. All right. There's so much going on, it's hard even to break it down these days. We seem to be distracted with coronavirus climate change, a possible war between other nations that we ought not, in my opinion, belong in, etc. It is serious, folks. But Patrick Simmons and others are keeping an eye on the ball on some critical things that aren't getting near the coverage, in my opinion, they deserve. Why? Because it relates to every single person that works in the United States of America. Patrick, is that a good place to start? Yeah, I think it is. I'm, um, you know, as as you know, and and we've discussed a lot. Um, you know, we've got a federal labor law in this country, um, and well, a, a labor law regime. It's not just one uh, particular law, but that um, favors monopolies and coercion uh, to the detriment of individual rights, and uh, and often, and the type of coercion we're uh, most interested in defending workers against is that that comes from unions, um, where it's not a voluntary association. Um, but it's uh, workers being forced under union representation they oppose, that they don't want, that they um, feel they'd be better off without. Um, And then in the states without right-to-work laws, and and 27 states do have right-to-work laws, but there's obviously a lot of workers in the the remaining states. Um, And in those non-right-to-work states, they can be forced to pay money to a union um, or be fired if they don't. Um, And that is, uh, you know, a a really... um, top-down, uh, coercive um, system that uh, undermines uh, the choices that individual workers want to make and instead gives it to powerful union bosses who use a lot of that money for to buy political influence. Um, they're very um, chummy with the current um, administration in Washington, and we're seeing a lot of um, bad things um, from our perspective, from the individual rights perspective um, that's resulting from that. All right, Mark Mix just sent out. Uh, Mark is what, your president? Is that right? Yeah, he's president of the foundation. He's my boss. Yeah. All right. And uh, he came out with some pretty interesting stuff, too, about this big battle. If we're not very careful, uh, all that we've worked for might be on the chopping block, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, um, you know, in, in Congress right now, uh, there's a bill called the PRO Act, Um that's what the unions call it. Uh, we would uh, would call it uh, the Pro-Union Boss Act because it, it basically doubles down on all this federal uh, coercion. It would uh, eliminate all 27 right-to-work laws by federal fiat. Um, it would uh, eliminate the secret ballot um, election for unionization. So right now, the normal way uh, that workers determine whether or not a workplace is unionized is they have a NLRB, that's the National Labor Relations Board, supervised secret ballot election. We're seeing the Biden appointees at the National Labor Relations Board try to move to a system called card check, where the union gets to go around. They pressure people into signing a card. Um, we know from experience sometimes uh, that pressure, um, it, it goes further than pressure. It's, it's downright uh, lies, threats, that type of thing. We've had people say, oh, they told me I was signing a health care form. They told me I was signing something for more information. Um, and then suddenly those those signatures are used as, quote, votes um, for uh, unionization to sweep the entire workplace into uh, union ranks and often into forced dues. 
Um, and it has a whole bunch of other things. We're seeing independent contractors, people who, um, it could be a driver for Uber or Lyft. It could be a, a local handyman who, who has a few um, buildings that he takes care of. Um, they want to turn all those people into, quote, employees under federal law so they can be unionized. Currently, independent contractors cannot be. Um, and so there's just all these aspects of uh, turning uh, federal government power um, and uh, letting, giving it to government uh, or giving it to union officials um, to coerce workers into their ranks. It's a, it's, it's, it's a growing concern. You can see it. Um, this is, you know, something happening through Congress, but then also, like I said, um, through the sort of the bureaucrats within the current administration pushing a lot of this, things that they can't get through Congress, trying to do it um, basically by bureaucratic fiat. All right. What's this uh, law called again or this act? Um, it's the PRO Act, P-R-O. Um, they they uh, refer to it as the Protecting the Right to Organize um, Act, um, which is a pretty, uh, you know, outrageous, obviously, way of describing it. The fact is, um, you know, anyone in America can join any union they want at any time. Um, the union will take their money and, and issue them a membership number. Um, they can join if they want. Um, but what they're talking about when they talk about organizing, it's not about individuals choosing voluntarily to associate with a union. It's about the union being able to force people who don't want to be under the union control into union ranks. Um, and this proact is, is not law yet, right? No, it's not yet. Um, it's passed the House. Um, it's got 50 co-sponsors in the Senate. Um, currently, the, the filibuster um, is the only thing keeping it from becoming law. Um, and going to Joe Biden's desk uh, where he pledged in the campaign um, to sign it. We see that quite a bit. Uh, unions, we know, spend um, a couple billion dollars, billion with a B, on political and lobbying activities. That's their own uh, reports that they have to file um, show that number. You look at their political contributions, you'll see 95, 98, 99 percent of them um, go to Democrats, and that's how you buy a lot of power a lot of influence, even though um, we know something like right to work, when you ask the American people, it polls 75, 80% support for right to work. So uh, Americans understand union affiliation. Let me, let me stop you there, though, and, and say this. Not only when you uh, poll these people, does it support 70 plus, 75 plus percent believe in the right to work? That also means by very nature that they're against the PRO Act. By nature, because the PRO Act is the opposite of that, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, the PRO Act it would eliminate right-to-work laws, uh, and that's just one of the laundry list of, of union power grabs. Um, but, yeah, no, that, there's no question. The, the, the PRO Act is explicitly a repeal of every right-to-work law in the country. And so when you see um, polls um, from you know national polling organizations, nonpartisan places like Gallup, um, and they see 75 or 80 percent of Americans um, saying that uh, they favor right to work. If right to work was on their ballot, they'd vote for it. Um, the, the fact that the PRO Act has so much support in Congress is not a reflection of, of public opinion. It's a reflection of those uh, union boss political contributions um, and, and all the influence that buys them in Washington. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me just say this. Uh, in in kind of layman's terms, because I'm not very you know smart compared to a lot of these people, but you got to ask this: What is the Pro Act, huh? It hasn't passed yet, but it's the Democrats' latest belligerent assertion 
to literally lord over you in unbelievable ways. The PRO Act, ladies and gentlemen, would be the most radical change to existing labor law in literally decades. First, the PRO Act would overturn all right-to-work laws. Right now in 27 states, we were working on more states, too. It would soon to be more. Now, unions in these 27 states, you cannot enforce employees to join a union and cannot force them to pay union dues. But under the PRO Act, employees could be required to join their, quote, workplace union, even if they personally do not support it. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. This is serious business, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and we need to really be aware of this. We can't let this slip under the radar. That's what they're hoping is the American people will be too titillated and distracted with either one bread and circus or two the latest fear-mongering tactics of whatever the case is, global warming, threats of war, coronavirus, whatever distractions there are. Um, they're hoping to just push this under the radar before the 2022 election. Patrick, is that accurate? Yeah, I think so. I mean, this, there's no question. This is the most radical um, attempt to over, you know, overhaul uh, federal labor law since well, well, since at least there was a federal labor law. I mean, you go back to the New Deal, if you want to say in terms of uh, a giant change um, in in how uh, these systems worked and the balance. Um, we think it's it's already too way too skewed in favor of union coercion. Um, but the balance between workers' individual rights, it shouldn't be a balance, but this is the way federal uh, labor law looks at it, between those individual rights of workers and then this sort of collective coercive power that's granted to union officials. And this would just tip the scales entirely on the side of, of that coercive power. I mean, we talked about eliminating right to work. I mentioned card check. And the way that would work under, under the PRO Act is that the NLRB, if a union loses a vote, they could, have the, they could just overturn it and on the basis of cards. Um, the, the after a union gets in place, and this is another particularly egregious um, part of this, would have a government arbitrator would come in and force a force dues contract. So even if the company and the union couldn't agree to a contract, the government would come in, put its hand on the scale, and say, "Yes, we're forcing everyone um, to pay dues or be fired." Ladies and gentlemen, draconian, draconian tyranny, I'm telling you right now. Patrick Simmons back with us in seconds on Liberty Roundtable live. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, 
the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Patrick Simmons on your radio. RightToWork.org doing a phenomenal job keeping an eye on the ball for us. The PRO Act, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you right now, it's an absolute proposal for tyranny. It's insanity. It'll be the most radical change to existing labor law in literally decades. 27 states have right-to-work laws that would all be smashed and overturned if this becomes law. I mean, the Democrats are on an absolute psychotic bender. Uh, I'm a little more bold than you might be in my language about this, but I don't think I'm overstating it, Patrick. Uh, no, I don't think you are, Sam. I mean, this is, you know, this is a complete radical overhaul of federal labor law. Um, and as I said, the current law is already far too tilted um, in favor of, of union coercion. Um, and yet this would just um, exceed it by, you know, on every single aspect. I mean, um, it's it's designed to empower one of their biggest political allies, which is union bosses. It has very, uh, it has basically nothing to do with the actual workers, um, and I think one of the the key things that um, people ought to be looking to to point out is is how anti-worker um, so much of this um, the pro act and, and the sort of the agenda of union that big labor has for for how um, labor law should work. Um, I mean, they 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 want to strip workers of their right um, to enter into their own contract to decide how their working situation is going to work um, and instead have, um, you know, have union bosses in, in Washington, D.C., um, you know, controlling um, how your, your economic um, and how your ability to take care of your family uh, works. And that's, you know, it's, it's, it's anti-individual rights, it's anti-freedom, um, and it's about giving more money to union bosses who can then turn around and spend it on politics. Um, it sounds cynical. But I just don't see how you look at the polls, you look at what the American people believe, um, you look at the actions of the recipients of all this big labor money, um, and it seems like this is a pure political power play. Um, they're, they're thinking, look, you know, get enough workers to pay enough money to union officials. They turn around and spend enough money on politics, um, some of it the very explicit politics, you know, donations to candidates, that sort of thing. But a lot of it's union get-out-the-vote efforts. Um, and they, you know, they target key states. They go, oh, these are the swing states. This is where we want to be our most active. Um, and they're thinking this is how um, they gain permanent political power in Washington, D.C., um, in spite of the fact that this is not an agenda that is supported uh, by the American people by any means. 
Now, let me kind of highlight a comparison for you uh, from the private sector, a world that I've lived in for many, many years, so I'm, I'm intimately familiar with it. But I want to highlight kind of the differences here to make the point that you uh, really focused on right here, Patrick, which is, hey, there's a, a quid pro quo going on where, you know what, let's donate to campaigns and let's get political paybacks. Uh, and it's seriously a conflict of interest and an ethics problem uh, at the least. To me, it's criminal. And let me give you the comparison in the private sector to make this point. You know, you're talking about big money going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's beyond a doubt that it's influencing people and changing outcomes and everything else, right? Well, I was in the mortgage industry as a mortgage broker for a long time, and I was in the industry of insurance for a long time. And with that, you get, you know, financial licenses with fiduciary responsibilities. And I had the FBI, you know, do a background check on me. They took my thumbprints, my fingerprints, my palm prints, everything on file before I could even get my license. Well, once you get a license, you have training. Uh, that you've got to take uh, hours of training and then continuing education to keep up on the latest laws and changes. And you got to make sure that you're, you're being um, ethical in your fiduciary responsibility. Uh, and so one of the things that they said is I can't even as a mortgage broker, for example, I can't even take a real estate agent out to lunch and pay for their lunch. Even if I'm a friend of theirs, I can't pay for a lunch as a friend because the fact that I'm licensed as an ins a mortgage broker and they're licensed as a real estate agent it would be probably trying to woo them, the real estate agent, to point transactions to me, the mortgage broker. Um, and so don't you dare even pay for their lunch because if you do, you could have ethics violations and you could lose your license over it. That's how in the private sector they know about conflict of interest and they bring it down to the most local of, you know, harmless of things. If I buy Patrick, for example, lunch and he's a real estate broker and I'm a mortgage broker, it might just be that we're friends. It's not that I'm trying to influence him, but you can't do it. You don't dare do it. But yet this is on an epic scale of millions, perhaps billions of dollars, Patrick, and they know it's a problem, but they turn a blind eye, don't they? Yeah, I mean, there's there's no question. It's 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 really when you when you think about it at its core, what's happening. It, there's, there's it's just hard to see it as anything other than out and out corruption. I mean, you've got the Biden administration issuing executive orders saying if you want to get federal contracts, you have to have a union involved. And so the idea is, if you want government taxpayer money to let's say build a road or whatever outrageous spending is, is going on in, in their Build Back Better or whatever other proposals they're, they're trying to push through, if you want to get taxpayer money, you've got to funnel it through this private organization that is our, our biggest political backers, um, and they got to get their cut of, of union dues that then get, goes up and, and uh, infects our um, political system with, with more and more money. And, you know, I believe in you know freedom of speech, and I think you know if people want to want to spend their own money um, uh, taking out ads or, or you know to to talk about freedom or, or the size of government, they should certainly be able to do it. The problem here is that big labor doesn't collect their money through voluntary contributions; they collect it by threatening people's jobs. Nice job there, pay us money or you'll lose it. I mean, this is you know uh, the Sopranos. You could you could see the same scheme in the Sopranos. They go around to the the business is, hey, nice business you got there. Be ashamed if something happened to it. At its core, that is um, the union's preferred business model. Uh, threaten someone's job, say pay up or be fired. And when they take that money and then spend it by the billions in politics, 
Um, it is uh, it is just a giant source of corruption. It skews our our political system, um, and it uh, it promotes um, you know big coercive government to the detriment of individual rights and freedom. All right, Patrick. One last point on this, and then we'll move on to some good news before the end of the hour. Uh, is this likely to pass? I mean, on one hand, it sounds so psychotic. You would think, oh, they don't have a chance on the green earth to pass it. But you know what? They might actually get this done, Patrick. Yeah, well, like I said, it's already passed the House. Um, Joe Biden has already promised to sign it, and it has um, 50 votes, uh, we believe, in the Senate. Um, you know, uh, to, but the, the question so far is the Senate filibuster. And I tried to put a lot of this stuff in through the uh, so-called the, the reconciliation process, um, they obviously that even that hasn't gone forward yet. Um, it's been held up by um, Senator Manchin from West Virginia uh, and Kristen Cinema. Now you know they, they're both um, on board with the Pro Act, uh, but in terms of eliminating the filibuster, so far they've held strong on that and said, look, you know, we're, we we may be in favor of this, um, which most Americans are opposed to, but you know, for whatever reason. Maybe some of those contributions we just talked about, they're in favor of these things, uh, but they haven't been willing to take the step of throwing out the entire uh, history of the U.S. Senate and the filibuster process um, to do it. So really that's the only thing uh, holding on to, to this or stopping this at the moment. Um, you know, hopefully they're, they're looking ahead. Obviously a lot of people think in November um, it's going to be a bad climate for uh, a lot of uh, Democrats. They've, they've taken some really radical positions on the PRO Act and, and other things probably as well, um, and it's got voters um, pretty upset. Um, you know, uh, so maybe they're thinking, look, the way to, to minimize some of their losses is to not go um, and, and try and ram this through on a complete party-line vote with Kamala Harris coming in uh, most likely to – uh, break the tie, but um, it doesn't mean they, they don't want to. I mean, they, they're getting a lot of pressure from, um, like I said, these big labor unions have billions of dollars. Uh, we've done, you know, some studies uh, that we do every year taking their own um, sort of uh, filings and what they file with the FEC and with the Department of Labor and things they classify as politics. And, and you do that, you get to about $2 billion every political cycle. Um, but you took a you take. We had a, another estimate that we saw, and, and that ended up being, I think, around twelve billion dollars every two years. Um, when you take all the things that various courts have said, you know, things that government unions do is inherently political, um, and we're certainly seeing that with um, schools and teachers unions, and and the fact that they've been able to keep schools closed over the past two years. Um, but if you look at that, you're talking about over ten billion dollars, uh, likely every two-year election cycle. Um, being spent on politics and lobbying and other political activities, um, and that just buys a ton of influence. And it's uh, amen. We need to go after to these undermine. criminals. That's for sure, Patrick. Yeah. I'll tell you that. I want to get to this before to the end of the hour. Sorry to interrupt, but I do want to highlight good news from RightToWork.org before the end of the hour. Right to Work states are recovering from COVID faster. You want more proof of the value of Right to Work, Patrick? There it is. Right. Yeah, well, you know, uh, right-to-work states have always um, had a, a great track record of job uh, job growth, job creation, um, and so, uh, you know, it, it's sort of what you expect. Obviously, COVID uh, and the government reaction to COVID uh, really hurt the economy, but now the numbers are very clear. The right-to-work states are bouncing back so much more, uh, you know, quickly. They're more resilient. 
Um, they, they're bringing the jobs that were lost back a lot quicker uh, than those states uh, that, that have forced dues and, and forced unionism and, and allow workers to be fired simply for not paying money to a labor union. Um, you know, I think uh, the I think it was 18 percent um, increase in private sector jobs in, in right-to-work states, states have been right-to-work uh, over the last decade, and in the non-right-to-work states, um, basically half that. I think it was just, just over 9 percent. Um, so, I mean, we're talking about double uh, the, the rate of job creation in right-to-work states. Um, and, and, you know, you look around that, there's, there's a lot of reasons for that, um, but certainly right-to-work is part of that because we, we know from history, even when there's not a uh, pandemic and, and government, uh, you know, overreach in response to that, um, we've seen the proven job creation track record that right-to-work states have. Right-to-work, seriously, a huge <clears throat> component in that. But it's just a general attitude of freedom that right-to-work states have in terms of liberty, letting people do what they want, free association, uh, without penalty or, 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 or uh, hostility, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it goes on and on and on of the reasons. But right-to-work, a huge component of it. And you know what? On the back end of this, 27 states, that's over half, comparing the data, right-to-work, double the job creation and more. This is such a big study. It cannot be ignored either, Patrick. That's why it's such great news because the truth shall make us free. Absolutely. Freedom and prosperity go hand in hand. We see it time and time again, and we've seen that in the last year or two um, as we, we try to get out from uh, the all this damage created by COVID, for sure. There you have it. Patrick, we're flat out of time. RightToWork.org is where you can go to keep an eye on what they're doing. I'm telling you, they're keeping an eye on the ball and doing things that we absolutely need done, even when the world's focused on almost everything else. Thank you, Patrick, for your work. Tell your team thank you from us, will you? Will do. Thanks a lot, Sam. We'll talk soon. There he goes. Patrick Simmons doing a phenomenal job, as always. This is Liberty Roundtable Live, libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net. Spread the word. Tell the tale. Brideon joins us next hour. We also simulcast with the Sheriff Mac TV show. So you just got some killer stuff coming up, ladies and gentlemen. I am Sam Bushman. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Sam Bushman, I'm the Operations Director of the Vice President of Operations of the CSPOA. That's the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. Become a member today, CSPOA.org. And once again, we'd like to welcome the good sheriff back to his own show. Welcome, sir. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. It's great to be with you this beautiful Tuesday morning, and I do mean beautiful here in Arizona. So, uh, yes, so much. It is. And Sam, how do we start the show? The quote of the day, baby. Quote of the day right here. Supreme Court decision. One time, at least one time where the Supreme Court did not try to make law, did not try to legislate from the bench, Ooh. but just gave us a history lesson of the truth. And here's another one from this wonderful decision. Quoting Justice Scalia while he's quoting the New York versus United States case. He said, quote, we have held, however, that state legislatures 
are not subject to federal direction. End quote. I want echoes. Not, not, not subject, subject. So if we're not subject to federal direction, Sam, they are not our boss. Put an end to that. Oh, they try to. They try to argue that with us all the time, ladies and gentlemen, but what they're really doing is arguing with the Supreme Court. What I find comical is whenever we say we don't have to obey something, they say we're off our rockers crazy. Who do we think we are? But then they run around and do the same thing whenever the whim fits their fancy, right? I think from now on, before I talk to any reporter, I'm going to require that they read that three times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that ought to hammer home the... The problem is they'll just dismiss that because they have so hardcore in their minds, ladies and gentlemen, so hardcore yeah. in their minds about that they just believe that, hey, the sheriffs are white supremacists, the sheriffs are extremists, the sheriffs think they're gods to the point where they can't even see straight. I literally argued with the reporter for like four hours on this from Reuters, uh, and finally the reporter just basically gave up and won't talk to me anymore. So all I'm telling you is this is the kind of stuff we deal with on a daily basis at the CSPOA, Sheriff. The truth will do that, Sam. Oh, and by the way, I got to make a political statement today. I mean, uh, a liberty. I need to make a liberty statement. Uh, I mean, it's we really moral, hope not political. All... Yeah. <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs> I, anyway, I, I really hope that all Texans are getting out to the polls today uh, to get rid of their current governor and put – Alan West in. I really am praying that hey, uh, this freedom man. candidate, this freedom candidate, has a chance to win. He's been ahead in the polls. He's a good man. He is a solid constitutional candidate. Uh, I spoke with him uh, just a couple of days ago while I was in uh, our, at our event. That Tanya went with me to Sedona, and uh, we're praying for uh, Colonel West and his family, and for Texas that they can return to leadership that will be uh, Aiken uh, and and have some sort of uh, resemblance of the spirit of Texas and the spirit of the Alamo. So enough said. Let's get on with our guest. Hold on. Before we do, don't we need to shout out and give a big shout out to Weston too? Weston, Weston Martinez? Martinez is running oh, uh, yes. as a Republican candidate in the election. For Texas Land yeah. Commissioner, that's a huge unknown about position uh, in government, ladies and gentlemen. If you really got um, Weston Martinez in there along with some of these other people, you would truly see a seat change, even in so-called conservative Texas. All I'm telling yes. you is this is huge, and we yes. need to remember that. Absolutely, too. yeah. Go get them, all right. Texas. Introduce the guests. Start, start us on our roll, Texas. Go get them. Amen. Sheriff, you want to do the honors? Well, uh, I I know his name, uh, Jack Frost, uh, and <laughs> we could start off a bunch of jokes there, and I'm sure he's lived with them for his whole life. Uh, but uh, as you said earlier, we have a state director of California, uh, CSPOA state director Jack Frost, who's been very active in the freedom movement, obviously, or he wouldn't be working with us as state director. But uh, we we love that uh, people in California still believe in freedom. Uh, you know, Normally, I tell people in California, if you want to do something for freedom, you got to move. Uh, and that might still be true, but I, I love the people in 
California who want to stay there and fight for freedom. So, yes, Jack Frost, welcome to the Sheriff Mac Show. Well, thank you uh, both for having me. Um, I, I guess I should mention it's getting harder and harder to leave California now because we can't. There's not enough U-Hauls, so we, we can't get <laughs> the U-Hauls in order to move out of the state. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm and sorry. you know what? That's, that's factual. Keep us in the state. There's not enough U-Hauls to get us out of here. Oh that's factual. Gosh. I remember that's... Sheriff Mack had me looking yeah. into some vehicles to go east as well, Sheriff. Remember, and I said, well, you might have to do it from Phoenix because you can't do it in California. I'm even here to tell yeah. you I researched them. Back up Jack's claim. We'll 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 drive one we'll drive you one over there, Jack, or you can fly over here and rent <laughs> one and then and then go back. And then you can bring <laughs> it back to Arizona. Hard. You you could move to Arizona. In fact, you need to go pick it up wherever you're moving, and then get back, back and then go. Back. But oh my God, maybe yeah. that's maybe that's that maybe that's the answer, and it might be cheaper to do it that way because a a friend of mine moved his business from Roseville, which is Northern California, to Boise. Mm-hmm. It cost him two thousand dollars to rent the U-Haul. When he got to Boise, he said, "I'm just curious, how much does it cost me if I want to rent this U-Haul and go back to California?" They said $49, $49 is <laughs> they needed to get them back to California as soon as they could. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It welcome is, to it is just hard to even comprehend, people. isn't it? Welcome yeah. to the People's Republic of California, man. Yeah. All right. Before we go on, though, ladies and gentlemen, I want to make sure we add this about Jack Frost. He's also executive director of the Sacramento Taxpayers Association, SAC's ta- SAC Tax. S-A-C-T-A-X dot org is the website for that. He's also involved in some pro-small business organizations, et cetera. Uh, the guy's just multi-talented, uh, Sheriff. He is? Well, man, he <laughs> reminds me of me. Yeah, that, that's, I, I don't know who you're talking about there, but yeah. we're having, you know, we're having a lot of fun, Sam and, and Sheriff Mack here in California. I know. I know from the outside it looks pretty dismal, but we have freedom patriot organizations by the hundreds that are forming all over yeah. California. They're starting to wake up and uh, and smell the coffee, and it's and it's really gratifying. And CSPO, I CSPOA, I think is going to be a really important link between the things that we're doing with the taxpayers and also um, my pro small business advocacy is with the small business community. So there's really three communities working together that is going to be the component of, of, of winning our freedom and our, and, you know, and our liberty back. And it's the, it's the small business community because government's trying to kill the small business community because they can't control them. And so right. that's a really energetic community that, that needs our help. The faith-based community is um, losing their, you know, during this COVID, they, they were trying to force churches to close, even though that's not constitutional. And then you've got the parents that are madder than Billy B. Darn. And when you get the mamas mad, when you get the parents mad, and they're out there protecting their kids, you have a lot of passion. So you start pulling those three, or, those three communities together, the faith-based community, the small business community, and the and the schools and everything that's going on in there with the parents, and you've got a lot of people that are waking up and they're realizing that when they get involved, they can make a difference. And the only way we're going to change this country and get us back to where we used to be is one county 
at a time. That's where that's where it's got to happen. One, ladies and gentlemen, and this is a perfect. Jack talks about this all the time. This is a yep, perfect right, dovetail yeah. to put the CSPOA at the center of all this. When we say one county at a time, and then you start to say, well, hey, let's have the sheriff, the chief executive in the county take the lead. And then you think about Sheriff Max Book and you go, the county sheriff of America's last hope. People are getting it, ladies and gentlemen. People are bringing together all these groups into one great solution-oriented organization, yep. Sheriff. That is correct, sir. And I think I think it's really relevant here uh, that uh, people understand uh, the CSPOA is not the end. The CSPOA is just an avenue uh, to get to the end, and the end is liberty. So we hope people join CSPOA, CSPOA. We hope that everyone listening to this program will become a member of the posse or donate to what we are trying to do. Um, it, it's it's really gratifying. Yesterday, uh, we received some good donations in the mail, and it just it just uh, warms my heart to see people uh, dedicated uh, to a peaceful solution. And I still have put this out wherever I go. Uh, I spoke with a wonderful sheriff from Yavapai County in Arizona on Friday, and 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 I asked him, "Do you see any other peaceful solution?" peaceful, effective, and immediate solution to what's going on in the world and, and especially our country that, that is this bold and effective and constitutional and lawful. Uh, and he said, no. Uh, and, and I asked it to a large group of people that came uh, to our seminar. Uh, and no one has any other solution. I mean, they have other, like, your sheriff needs to be doing this or your sheriff needs to be doing the issue of bond because every public official has to be bonded and and he should require that everybody be bonded. There's always, a, a you know, making sure that the Second Amendment is secure. How about this one? Uh, somebody brought this up, too, at the meeting, and I've been talking about this for a long time. I think it's time that we start addressing this with sheriffs. Why do we allow the IRS to come into our counties and victimize people? It, Democrats and Republicans in Washington, D.C. are not going to stop the abuse of the IRS. We've put up with their criminality for about 75 years, 80 years, and it's time to put them where they belong, and that is not in our counties, victimizing our people. And the sheriffs can stop every bit of the, the abuse from Washington, D.C. We are not subject to federal direction. The cross on yes, that they is can. they are subject to us. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's make this very clear for some of the timid sheriffs out there that are going, whoa, wait, hold on. I'm not oh, going to mix it up with the IRS. Let me explain to you, sheriffs, what we're asking you to do. We're asking you to defend the people's rights to due process. We're asking you to defend the people's rights of innocent until proven Guilty. These are not radical statements. These are fundamental underpinnings of the greatest country on the face of the earth. We're appealing to the rule of law here, sheriffs. Okay? Yeah. Let's be very clear yeah. indeed. We're only asking you to research the facts and then demand that government officials, especially in this case the IRS, whom we're highlighting, that they have their act together, that they've really afforded due process of law before leaning property 
before bashing in doors, before arresting citizens, before dragging people into specialty tax courts, in my opinion, star chambers. Okay, we're asking you to do your due diligence, Sheriff, and say, is there due process afforded here? And not mock due process. I'm talking about real due process. Is the court case still continuing, for example? If it is, you have no business taking action until the court case is won or lost on its merits. Does the person not only have the ability to get their day in court, but do they have a jury of their peers? Okay, all these fundamentals are due process. All we're asking sheriffs to do is demand that happen, Sheriff. And, well, yeah, exactly. And thank you, Sam. And in fact, I wanted to ask Jack this. Sam, you know, I always ask this question. Uh, I was going to ask you, Jack, what is the worst threat, the worst problem, the worst thing happening? I guess we could ask that in California, but we could also make it nationwide. What is the number one biggest problem that America is facing today? If you want to do California and America, great. But I'd like to hear what you have to say. You've been in the freedom movement for a long time. What is the number one problem facing America today? I think it's government overreach. I, I don't think there's anything else close to it. I think the government is trying to control every single aspect of our life. Um, they're trying to control what goes on in our churches, what goes on in our small business community, what goes on in our in our schools. I mean, they're even telling us that the taxpayers who are paying for their children's education don't have any input in the curriculum. I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, they don't want to. The they don't want to interrupt that. They don't want to interrupt the uh, curriculum uh, monopoly that the NEA has on our schools. That's what they don't want to interrupt. Uh, and that's exactly he, right. And, and the and the and the unions just have so much control. I mean, now you've got teachers who are walking out of the classroom because the parents and the and the students, the students first of all, have gone on strike. In California, we've got a lot of schools where the students are not wearing their mask anymore. They're done with it. Good. And tell them all to go home. That. Tell yeah. them all to go home and do homeschooling. All, they should all be and leaving that, all across the country. Leave those communist schools and go home and teach your kids proper uh, history. Yeah. Well, the, the advantage to doing Amen. that. Man is you take the money away. When when the parents realize they're not getting their money's worth, they don't yep. send their kids to the public school. When the public school loses the funding, then they're going to, now all of a sudden they're going to realize they're in competition. The old free enterprise right. system comes back and bites them right in the rear end because now in order to get those students back to get the money that they need for the teachers, they're going to have to figure out how to get those kids back. They might have to actually try to sell a product that teaches our kids something. But the, but the mass mandates is really what has started to really turn around and, and, and create the passion. We're starting to win. And all of a sudden, we're starting to see uh, the governor is starting to try to figure out how does he loosen the requirements a little bit. Because when the yeah. students don't wear the mask and when the parents are telling them they don't have to wear a mask, they're just basically resisting. And when the people start resisting, the government has to figure out what do we do for our next trick? So all of a sudden, yeah. the rules are starting to change. It's amazing. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the good news. The power, of the, people, the power of the people if they just use it. Amen. 
The good news, Sheriff, is this. You know what? People are gaining knowledge. And as they do, people are deciding to stand up and be bold and take action. Jack Frost is one of them. He's the CSPOA state director for the huge state of California, ladies and gentlemen. And they are putting together an incredible training, CSPOA training in Northern California for sheriffs, deputies, law enforcement, elected representatives, and citizens who want to understand the Constitution and the responsibilities. Wow. That come with their oath of office. It's happening April the 2nd. It's a Saturday all day long. Jack? Well, we're really excited. And I, I want to emphasize the folks that we're inviting to this training on April 2nd. What I want to emphasize is we're not only inviting the sheriff, but we're inviting the, you know, all three levels. There's sort of three jurisdictions in California. I'm sure it's the same way in most, in most states. We've got the sheriff, we've got the police, the municipal police department, and then we've got the highway patrol. All three of those jurisdictions do the same thing. They raise your right hand and they solemnly swear to support the U.S. Constitution. Now, along with that, we've got the elected representatives from all levels of government. They raise their right hand and they swear to uphold and defend the the Constitution. So that oath of office is really important. The problem is the third group, which are the citizens who are also being invited, they need to know their rights. If they don't know their rights, how are they going to hold their elected officials and their, which includes the sheriff, to their oath of office if they don't even understand what it is themselves? So it's really the combination between those three that really will make this training really effective. And We're really excited. We've actually, there's 58 counties in California. We are working right now with nine Northern California counties um, to support this training program on April 2nd. It's going to be at Glad Tidings Church. It's in Yuba City. Um, Registration is going to start at 7.30. We're going to get the meeting going um, promptly at 8.30. What will be interesting is all the people that come will have their own color badges. So the citizens will know who the elected representatives are and they'll know who the law enforcement are. They'll get an opportunity from for about an hour and during the breaks to kind of meet and talk with um, and discuss what are the issues in the community that, that we need help with. It's just as important for the citizens to have the back of law enforcement as it is for law enforcement to have our back. So we've got to work together. We've got to help those that maybe don't understand. We've had four or five generations now that have gone through school, and they're not teaching the Constitution in school. They don't teach civics anymore. You know, um, what about the Bill of Rights? What what does any of that mean? So we we have sheriffs and police officers and highway patrolmen. They go through the process. They want to be in law enforcement. They get the training. They go through the academy, and then they've got this sort of perfunctory thing that they do, this ceremonial thing that they do at the end where they raise their right hand and they take the oath of office and they don't even understand the obligation that goes with that oath of office. That's what CSPOA is all about. We've got to Ladies and gentlemen, one of our hero sheriffs. And what that is. One of our hero sheriffs, Brad Rogers, lays this out about taking the oath 
that they make public. Uh, you know, oftentimes it's just done uh, in quiet uh, venues or whatever where people don't really understand. Brad Rogers was one of the key sheriffs uh, at the CSPOA, former sheriff now because of term limits. But he really championed this idea that I'm going to have you swear an oath and I'm going to make it public enough to where not only one, you remember your oath, but two, the American citizens understand what you've done and the oath that you've sworn to. Ladies and gentlemen, do you see why Jack Frost is the California state director? I'm telling you right now, you need to register today for this incredible conference going on April the 2nd, Saturday, and you can register at gorillalearninginstitute.org slash PS or CSPOA. Gorillalearninginstitute.org slash CSPOA. Back in a flash with Jack Frost and Sheriff Mack on Brighteon.tv. Uh, I'm Dr. Brian Artis. This is Dr. Eric Naputi. Right. Dr. Eric Naputi, of all media platforms that are uncensored, what's your favorite? Brighteon, without question. I mean, I love Brighteon TV, Brighteon Radio. I mean, it is the place to go to get the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. People are so sick and tired of being censored, and Brighteon has got this platform that is global. Global. And it's just a blessing to be on it. It's it's awesome. I love all the people that are on there. And the fact that it, it's a network that's working together kind of reminds me of a family. You know, and we're all together yeah. doing this for for the world, my friend. Except without crying babies. Yes. God bless Mike Adams for all you're doing, buddy. We love you. Hello, I'm Dr. Steve Hotze. I'm the host of the Dr. Hotze Report that airs Mondays at 4 p.m. Central Time on TV. I'll take you behind the scenes so that you can know what's really going on. I believe that you need to have a doctor who can coach you onto a path to health and wellness naturally so that as you mature, you've got energy, vitality, and enthusiasm for life. Do you have low energy, weight gain, allergies, insomnia, anxiety, brain fog, low libido, and joint muscle pain? At the Hotsey Health and Wellness Center, we treat the underlying cause of these symptoms rather than masking them with drugs. We treat for hypothyroidism, sex hormone decline, adrenal fatigue, allergies, yeast, and nutritional deficiencies. This is Dr. Hotze saying, take charge of your health. Call today at 281-698-8698. Mention Patriot and receive 10% off your initial visit and a free copy of Dr. Hotze's book, Duo 180. Treasure Island Coins and Precious Metals. Mike Adams of NaturalNews.com says, 2020 has shown us that we must prepare for the unexpected. Gold and silver will be indispensable to your fiscal security during the coming financial pandemic. Shipments of real gold and silver are delivered safely, discreetly, and securely right to your door. You can also hold precious metals in your IRA. This allows you to protect your retirement savings with the ultimate safe haven, assets of gold and silver. Your metals are held in the form of physical coins and bars in a private depository under your name and on your behalf. Simply visit BrighteonMetals.com today. Gold and silver will be indispensable to your financial security. Shouldn't you at least look into it? Treasure Island Coins and Precious Metals, in business since 1976. Visit BrighteonMetals.com today. Oh, yeah. The Sheriff Mac Show continues, ladies and gentlemen, CSPOA.org. Become a lifetime member today as I am already. CSPOA.org. We're talking to Jack Frost, 
California State Director for the CSPOA. And we're talking about the CSPOA training he's put together in Northern California, virtually for everybody on the planet, if you will, and would like you to attend, sign up immediately, gorillalearninginstitute.org slash CSPOA. And there's so many great speakers there. There's going to be Sheriff Mack. There's going to be Chris Ann Hall. We've got some videos from some other incredible speakers, Michael Perutka and a couple of former sheriffs, uh, et cetera. It's going to be incredible. Some of the topics that we'll be teaching about and discussing. First one, I'm going to hit the ball to you, Sheriff. The greatest Tenth Amendment decision ever rendered, sir. <laughs> well, it was quite a miracle. Uh, and, and the more I look at it, I mean, every time I look at it, I go, man, did the Supreme Court really do this? Did, did Justice Scalia really do this most amazing decision? And the reason it's so easy uh, to promote uh, this decision is because it wasn't a political dogma. It wasn't uh, partisan. Uh, it was simply a history lesson uh, in uh, uh, SCOTUS jurisprudence, uh, American fundamental principles uh, and our foundation as a country uh, on the principles of natural rights. Uh, and when he, when he quotes uh, the Federalist Papers and quotes the Constitution, quotes the Bill of Rights, and quotes the Founders, of course, if you're quoting the, the uh, Federalist Papers, you're quoting the Founding Fathers, at least three or four of them. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I'm just amazed by it. And I'm proud uh, that I was a small part in this. And uh, every every American needs to uh, read this decision. It is extremely <laughs> powerful. Yes, and it, ladies and gentlemen, can I interrupt? Sheriff Max, like I've got this small part in this thing. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, he was the only sheriff to stand up at first to take on the out-of-control belligerent, I'm telling you, crazy overreach feds. Tremendous stuff, ladies and gentlemen. The greatest Tenth Amendment decision ever rendered. More details on that at CSPOA.org and at the incredible conference going on April the 2nd in Northern California. Sign up today, GorillaLearningInstitute.org slash CSPOA. And uh, we're also going to be showing a video. Yes, sir. I want to interrupt and make sure that we tell everybody on here about our webinar on Thursday. Yes, indeed. Go. Folks, uh, at, at 4 o'clock Thursday, Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Central, <laughs> 2 o'clock Mountain, 1 o'clock Pacific. So that's for you, Jack, uh, and your crew. Thank you, sir. And, and, and Sam, you were, you were trying to tell everybody earlier uh, how smart Jack was. That, that's his wife. She runs the smart oh, department. That's yeah. correct. <laughs> so anyway, this Thursday, this Thursday afternoon, early afternoon in California, later afternoon in, in New York, we're doing a highlighted review of everything the CSPOA did in 2021. And uh, folks, it and is I epic. Mean, it, it, it really was. I mean, uh, after, I mean, I was too busy uh, traveling and, and going all over the country and doing seminars. But just, I mean, just the fact that this old man did 72 public presentations and seminars um, in 2021 alone. Plus, but he's, not as old as, he's not as old as the amount of seminars he did, though. 
<laughs> almost. <laughs> but yeah, that's true. And and so we want to share that with everybody. We want to share the impact and significance of the CSPOA work. Uh, and we want to share that with all of you. And as a matter of fact, uh, special guest Mike Adams will be on our webinar with us. Uh, Bright on TV will be carrying it live. Uh, at It'll be all on off channel C-Span. two. It'll be on the Bright uh, channel, channel two because Bright that's TV. where special events are. Right. Correct. So we're thrilled with this, and we thank Brighty on TV and Mike Adams for participating with us. But there will be current sheriffs, uh, as you mentioned, former Sheriff Brad Rogers. Uh, he'll be there, uh, and we're going to have an amazing, uh, good time with you sharing everything we did in 2021, and then announcing some of the things that we will be doing in 2022. Uh, to restore America. And folks, just so you know, we are doubling down. No, we are quadrupling down on yeah, uh, all of all of our efforts. Uh, we want to take America back this year. No more pie in the sky, I hope we do it thing. We're making it happen this year. So 4 o'clock Eastern time this Thursday. Get the link Correct. to watch live, cspoa.org. You can also watch it on the Brighty on TV channel, too. It's going to be a star And it's free. Event. It's what? It's free. It's free. <laughs> it is free, ladies and gentlemen. But let me be very clear for one second. I want you to understand the money that you give us as you become a member of the CSPOA or as you buy Sheriff Max books uh, and, and materials uh, et cetera, to help people understand and train and teach about the supreme law of the land and the oath of office and everything else. All the sacred funds that we receive from that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you right now, we don't consider it just fun money or big money. We consider it sacred funds to carry out our God-given mission. Sheriff, do you want to speak to that for a second? Because I think people need to understand how we look at the, the incredible support we're receiving financially and what we're able to do with it. That's a sacred cause for us. Well, and first and foremost, uh, it's not going to work if we don't have some financial support, if we don't have finances to do all these things. I mean, look at the money that went in to what we did last year, the convention in the Woodlands, 72 different uh, public presentations by yours truly. Our uh, our Vice President Rick Dalton did another 10, and he did some with me. So there was a lot of duplication there, and there was a lot of effort. Sam Bushman was doing... uh, Oh, yeah, that's you, Sam. Uh, he did webinars ah, ah. and trips with us. Uh, t- takes his family, takes his daughter uh, to the Woodlands uh, to help out there. And uh, everybody, that the volunteers that work for us, uh, it's it's astonishing. But we, we've done this on a shoestring budget. And now we've increased uh, our membership in the CSPOA posse. And because of that, because of your donations, we are able to do these things. Flight costs, gasoline costs. In fact, now now we're looking at double the cost on gasoline. Uh, so flights are going to start going up as well. And and yes, for now I'm still flying. But folks, this yeah, and you got to point that little thing like on gas pumps and say he did it, right, Sheriff? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And I thought that was really funny <laughs> on 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 the news today. It said uh, the price of gas or uh, barrel. Uh, is o- over $101 today. And the last time that happened was uh, 2014. 
Yeah, when Barack Obama was in there. So Barack Obama A and Barack Obama B, Biden. Uh, funny how that happens under these Democrat, socialist, communists, and and you know, no, and everybody's just, oh yeah, price is up again. Oh yeah. Well, you know, the history of it is uh, these socialists are not the answer and they're not the solution. They are destroying our country. And here we go again, the destruction of America. Uh, and anyway, to, to answer your question, Sam, we do we do think these funds are sacred and we absolutely uh, treasure uh, this this support from our posse members and from the people of this country who have dedicated themselves to the holy cause of liberty. We have gratitude in our hearts for each of you. And we do feel a sense of transparency and a need to provide an accounting or accountability for all the sacred funds and all the support that we've received. And this event, this Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern, that's 3 Central, 2 Mountain, 1 Pacific, uh, we're going to be live really showing you what we've done in 2021. And what we'll do in 2022. Man, I'm I'm getting to be a poet, ladies and gentlemen. But understand the CS period training in California is just as important. It's happening in Northern California, April the 2nd, all day Saturday. Become registered and go to this event, please. GorillaLearningInstitute.org slash CSPOA. Sheriff? Very good. Yeah, I got to ask hey, that. Hey, Sam, hey, hey, yeah. hey, Sam, let me let me let me also mention you can go to cspoa.org and you can find you can register there as well. The flyer is up in, on the events link. So if they oh, good. if they forget if they forget gorillalearninginstitute.org forward slash cspoa, just go to cspoa.org, sign up, join the posse, sign up for the April second. It's that easy. Fantastic, Sheriff. Thank you for that, Jack. Yeah, thank you. Jack, we're, we're really uh, glad to have you on board. But I got to ask you, what brought you to the CSPOA? Um, I accidentally came across your website. And I saw oh. your video. And, and then I yeah, joined. Buddy. My wife and I both joined about six or eight months ago. And we started watching the videos. The videos that you have posted on that website from a lot of the conferences that you've had with sheriffs and current sheriffs and past sheriffs and police officers and constitutional attorneys. The information there is unbelievable. And when you listen to these sheriffs talk about what they know is constitutional, and then you start looking around at what's going on in California, you're saying, gee, what, what country am I living in? Because things don't seem to be the same here. (laughs) You live in the the People's Republic of California, but enough said. Well, you know, one more thing I just want to get in here is all of these things that are going on, the high inflation, the increase in the crime rate, all these things are in the high gas prices. Who Who are those policies hurting the most? They're hurting the middle class and the lower income people the most. Those are the yep. people that yep. the Democrats have always said we want to protect. And now their policies yep. are hurting those people worse than anybody else. And those people well, are starting to figure it out. They're starting to wake up. And it's a good thing. Well, the Democrats, the socialists come in and destroy everything and then tell the people that they 
they want to help the most that they'll send them another stimulus check. Yeah. And those Dang. stimulus checks, of course, they grow on trees. They don't come out of our pocket. Yeah, it's all free money. Yeah. <laughs> Just print some more. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I got to move on to a couple of other topics and get a few things in that's really important to understand. At this training, you're going to learn in Northern California, a course about the greatest Tenth Amendment decision ever rendered, but you're also going to learn about the rule of law, what the Declaration of Independence and Michael Prutka constitutional <coughs> attorney call um, pretend legislation. We're going to talk about which law do I follow, the bureaucrats making edicts from on high or the rule of law, the U.S. Supreme of the law constitution for the United States of America and your given state constitutions. We're going to talk about the Bill of Rights. We're going to talk about not in my county. Brad Rogers literally is like Barry Bonds and hits it out of the park, folks. Not only that, California constitution will be discussed in detail. And then the plan of action. What are we to do? Uh, Jack, that's kind of a summary of what will be discussed at the incredible event you put together. Well, what's exciting is we're going to have a breakout session, and um, it'll, it'll be an opportunity for Sheriff Mack to really work with um, our, our law enforcement and also our elected officials. And while they're working on the issues of the day that are really important that, um, that those two groups need to know about, we're going to have Chris Ann Hall in a breakout session with the citizens to talk about what do we do next? What do we need to do to go forward to continue this training? Is this is just one training, and we're only gonna we're only gonna be able to reach out to a small group of people. So we have to have an ongoing effort to continue after this training that that it, that we can move out into these nine counties so that we continue to touch more law enforcement, more elected officials, more citizens to understand the Constitution and the rights um, that that we have to stand up and fight for. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, an incredible event. Sheriff? Well, I wanted to thank Jack. It, uh, you know, I hope a lot more people uh, accidentally find their way to our website and uh, and can see uh, <laughs> the tremendous education that we provide and the products that we provide uh, and the solution that we are about. Now, we didn't create the solution. We're just trying to reinforce it uh, as part of uh, federalism and the division of power powers between and the separation of powers between the uh, states and federal government. And that uh, Madison said that, that we could safely rely on the states to erect the barriers against the federal encroachments. I, I really believe that that's key to all of this. And what I want to really stress is that the CSPA is all about keeping this movement for liberty peaceful. And if we have the sheriffs on board, we will keep this peaceful. If we don't, I don't think there's any way that it will remain peaceful. Ladies and gentlemen, we're praying for a peaceful outcome and we're working our guts out to make that happen. That's for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to really talk about the plan of action to what are we to do will be one of the big focuses. You know what? That's what's happening in 2022 that we'll be discussing in our webinar on Thursday, four o'clock Eastern time. Brighty on TV, second channel. Uh, and of course, we'll have the link at CSPOA.org for you to watch this free event coming up on Thursday. A report on 2021 and a look ahead to 2022. 
coming up. Now, I got a couple of stories that I want to bounce off both of you. Be fairly short in your comments because I want to get all the stories in. First one, though, says this, medication-induced abortions accounted for 54% of all abortions in the United States in 2020. That's according to the Guttmacher Institute. And they say abortion pills have grown in popularity since they were first introduced in the year 2000. Now, they say COVID is now the reason that you don't have to talk to a doctor specifically. You can just have a webinar with your doctor and then get murderous drugs, ladies and gentlemen. The chemical abortions and pregnancies through a two-drug regimen, if you will. The first drug, believe it or not, blocks the natural hormone progesterone starving the developing baby of nutrients. So first off, you just starve the baby to death in the mother. Then secondly, the second drug induces labor to expel the baby. Literally, yeetus the fetus is the idea, ladies and gentlemen. It is sickening. And so even when we think we're making tremendous progress jettisoning abortion clinics, and we are, and that's wonderful, they're just moving to a chemical murder. So all you got to do is just have a webinar with your doctor and, hey, and then he sends you this, you know, discreet envelope full of murder pills. Sheriff first, then Jack. Well, Sam, it's it's astonishing that uh, most laws uh, in every state uh, cover uh, if you if you murder a mother and she's pregnant and that baby dies as well, you've committed two murders. However, now we turn right around and say, but it's okay if the mother murders her own baby. That's never been okay. Murder is murder. And and this whole thought that that baby belongs to the mother is absolute uh, insanity. That baby belongs to nature or nature's God. And if you willingly participated in that process, you are responsible for your choices and accountable to a much higher authority for your choices. And we know sometimes those are easy, but you don't blame the baby. You don't murder a baby. And and there's ways to take care of that. We want to help people with that. And and I, I'm, I'm grateful for you bringing that up, Sam. Go ahead, Jack. Pro-life, ladies and gentlemen, it's vitally important. Jack, 30 seconds on this one. I think the only thing I could add to what Sheriff Mack mentioned was the statistics are now starting to come out um, that miscarriages because of the vaccination are up. I've oh, seen yeah. statistics three, four, five hundred percent increase in miscarriages just since the vaccine has been out. And yeah. those numbers seem to be growing exponentially. So uh, there's a lot of concern about the vaccine for, for a lot of reasons. Amen. Now, will we see you next topic on the webinar Thursday, Jack? I'll be there. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, many U.S. states. Yeah. (laughs) Many U.S. states, ladies and gentlemen, have outlawed vaccine passports, which is great news. But you know what? Red states are selling us out. But the smart health card is being rolled out with help in the private sector to even red states. What is a smart health card, you ask? The smart health card is a digital or printed. QR code that provides proof of vaccination or shows recent test results, ladies and gentlemen. The only information they say displayed on the card is the holder's name and date of birth and then details about the manufacturer, 
uh, and the date that you got your COVID vaccine or your negative test. They say they've got most of the big pharmacy chains, all of the key health systems on this, and several states have agreed to adopt this personal standard. Why do they call it personal? Because they're not mandating it. They're just letting people sign up. So smart health cards are used as verification by a number of bars, restaurants, sporting events, and other huge businesses, not to mention college and universities for entrance to college in the fall. Whether they realize it or not, ladies and gentlemen, about 200 million people in the United States already have access to this card, okay? It has a person's name, date of birth, and then the details about your vaccinations. Understand this is serious. Um, it's going on right now. And believe it or not, it's huge. It is voluntarily being adopted. But then eventually, they're going to politely let the pigs feast until they build the fence around them and trap them. <laughs> and then the states are going to spring this going, you got to have this for this, then you got to do this for that, and then you got to. It sounds innocent at first, ladies and gentlemen. And what they're selling is this carrot of freedom. But the big stick will be is when the barn door closes, Sheriff Mack. Well, it, it just gets uh, crazier and crazier. And I, I think uh, kind of the theme has been here that uh, government can use anything. And, and what they've done is they've uh, used COVID as an excuse uh, to destroy America, uh, increase abortions, uh, take over our country in a, uh, with socialism and communism, and, and now uh, promote the violence that is going on uh, across our country. And uh, Biden once told Trump, this is your country, this is your administration, this is your world, this is what you have done. Mr. Biden, take a good look at that, uh, at what you said, and, and apply it to yourself. We want to be free. We don't want government running our lives. Stay out of our lives and follow the Constitution. You can read the Constitution and see what you're supposed to be doing. And uh, for heaven's sakes, leave us alone. Amen to that. Final story of the hour, ladies and gentlemen. The Alabama, the Alabama Department of Revenue has threatened to vote revoke a man's vehicle registra registration if he doesn't turn in his oh, license yeah. plate. Here's, yeah. here's what happened. <laughs> here's what happened. This guy literally got a license plate from the government. It was a custom one, and it had six letters on it. He drove around with it for like a month, and then they decided to revoke it saying that he can't have filthy language on his license plate. He had six letters, L, B, or LGB, and then F, J, B. Let's go, Brandon. F, Joe Biden is what you could say it stands for. Now, he did have a, um, whatever they call those things around your plate, like a plate holder that did say, let's go, Brandon. So they're pretty sure that's the, the story. But the man says, you know what? There's no foul language on it. You have no right to assume that I interpret it that way. It's just six letters. Nothing's foul. Nothing's wrong. The government says, hey, you got to stop this. You can't do that. He's saying, yes, I can. The question is, whose plate is it? Is it his? He said he paid six to 700 bucks for it. If it's his, he can do what he wants. But if it's the government's, then he says, I don't want it on my truck. Bottom line, it's a big old battle. And the question is, should he be able to have that on his license plate? And uh, whose plate do you think it is? And where do we go from here, Sheriff? Uh, I thought Jack maybe had a comment on that. What do you think, Jack? Jack? 
Well, I, I think I think we win either way. If it, if the government owns it, maybe we should get rid of it. And if we own it, then we should be able to do whatever we want to do with it. But I want to go back to the to the smart health card for just a quick second because what would scare me about that would be you don't have to have an ID to vote, but what if they decide that you have to have the smart health card to vote? Because so many of us oh. that believe in the Constitution are not going to get the smart health card. So the best way to infringe our mm. voting opportunities is to say wow, you've got yeah. to have this smart health card to vote. So do you think that could be underneath the carpet someplace? Well, that is. That's why I say once the barn, once once all the pigs are grazing and fat enough, they'll shut the barn door and we'll be out of luck. And the same thing when it comes to this situation about your license plate. Ladies and gentlemen, we better stand up for liberty or we're going to lose it. CSPOA.org. God save the republic. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. All right, live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman breaking it down just for you. Wow, it's been a crazy morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you what, it's just insane what's going on. We don't have a lot of time left in the hour, but I wanted to just tell you how much we really appreciate you for listening. All you folks out there on LovingLiberty.net, the incredible Loving Liberty Radio Network, those of you who are on Bridie on Radio, those of you who are partnering with us on the Sheriff Mac Show and Bridie on TV, however you're listening or however you're watching, you know what? God bless you, and thank you so much for your support. 
you know what? It means the world to us that you're involved in the sacred cause of liberty with us. There's a camaraderie. There's a friendship. There's a familial relationship, a family relationship that really matters here. And your sacred funds when you donate to us really matters. You know what? We kind of call this radio network the Widow's Might Radio Network because, you know what? Compared to the big boys, we don't even have pennies. But you know what? The amount of influence we're able to have uh, by sharing our love of liberty, by educating and training and focusing on solutions and is unprecedented. It's literally a light on a hill in a dark world, ladies and gentlemen. And it's because of you and your support and your efforts and your listenership and your viewership and your involvement and your funding that makes it all happen. LibertyRoundtable.com and LovingLiberty.net, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to just throw a penny to each of us, we'd be so grateful for your support. I know there's a lot of places you could put your money and your support and your time and your talents and everything else, but we hope you believe, you know what, us carrying the ball matters. We hope to be your partner. We hope to be your confidant. We hope to be your solution-oriented opportunity, if you will. CSPOA.org, LovingLiberty.net, LibertyRoundTable.com. Brighteon.tv, Brighteonradio.com. I mean, it just goes on and on of the incredible synergism we're putting together right now. It is amazing. And thank all of you for making it happen. We're grateful for you. All right. That's a recap, ladies and gentlemen. Two hours of hard-hitting talk radio from yours truly. Hopefully it was educational and entertaining. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.